Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Coming up, Nick Ashill. I got slammed on my right side at 100k an hour. Tossed in, in the air, I remember that bit, and landing on my back in a ditch that wasn't visible from the road, which is a bit problematic. You may not be familiar with the name, but Nick Ashill is a Wellington dude who's pretty much like the Forest Camp in New Zealand. In August 2017, Nick was 81 punishing days into his run from one side of America to the other, Los Angeles to New York, doing around 50 kilometres a day. He didn't get to finish the run, though, because he was the victim of what he reckons was a deliberate hit-and-run accident from some meth head in a pickup truck. By the way, they're they're my words, not his. Um, This accident left him in hospital fighting for his life. 16 surgeries, and five years later, Nick went back to the spot of his accident to finish what he started. It it really is the epitome of a full-circle moment. He's done some other pretty epic organised events too, like the Comrades Ultramarathon in South Africa, which is something I really want to do one day, and the Marathon de Sable stage race in the Moroccan desert, which is something I can probably do without in my lifetime. This is definitely one for the running nerds, but I reckon it's also just a pretty interesting story about an ordinary Kiwi dude who's done some pretty extraordinary stuff, despite some serious big hurdles to overcome. All right, let's get into it. Really hope you enjoy it. Nick Ashill on Runners Only. Hey. Runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners only with Dom Harvey and Nick Ashill. Hello, mate. Hello, Dom. Nice to meet you. And nice to meet you as well. Um, you've just we're in your your office at Wellington University, and you've just recently returned uh, from an epic adventure in the United States of America. Yeah, for, I've been back now four days. Body is just coming right in terms of jet lag, so that's that's really good. Um, yeah, it's it's lovely to be back in the in the beautiful beautiful Wellington weather. <laughs> Awesome. And you're not joking, it is um, on this particular day, uh, July the 2nd, 2022, it's a nice day in Wellington. Yeah, it is. Every day is like this in Wellington. Bullshit. Apparently. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so this this adventure that you've just um, returned from that we just mentioned before, it's the craziest story, running the length of America, uh, Route 66, from um, Santa Monica and uh, in California. To um, whereabouts? In, whereabouts in New York do you finish? Yeah, I finished um, Coney Island. I wanted to put my feet in the Atlantic Ocean, which, which I did. So you're right. Started at the end of Santa Monica Pier on the 14th of May, 2017, 
uh, and finished um, 21st of June 2022. So I think I might hold the world record for the longest time <laughs> yeah. to take into yeah. across America. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are thinking, five years to re- What was he doing, like three kilometers a day? <laughs> um, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hell of a yarn and uh, not a yarn that you'd wish upon anyone. So we'll, we'll go back to the beginning of this challenge. So, so your mum passed away in uh, 2015. Yeah, that's right. So she was diagnosed in 2013 with a horrible disease of the of the lungs called pulmonary fibrosis. Um, it's a progressive lung disease, no cure. And very, very few people um, knew about it then and still don't know about it now. So one of the objectives uh, through running across America was to, to play a role in generating more awareness of, the, of this horrible disease of the lung. How do you go from uh... – from, I'm just I'm just trying to trying to see the, the logical conclusion here, and I, I don't see one. Well, there's another side. The, the in 2014, I'd, I'd run uh, Marathon de Sable, Sahara Desert, Morocco, and and the truth is, I was looking for that next big challenge, challenge both physically yeah. and and mentally. And uh, I'd always had this since I was a child, this fascin- fascination with Route 66, and and rather than like most people do, midlife crisis, they go on, you know, buy a Harley or rent a Harley <laughs> a and Mustang. drive it, yeah. or a Mustang. Um, I thought, damn it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run it. Um, so the passing of mum uh, was gave me an opportunity to honour her passing and, and raise awareness of the illness, but also to chance push to do it. something pretty cool Absol- at the same time. Absolutely, and what a cool thing to do. So I suppose a lot of these questions I'm asking from a, a selfish perspective because um, I know that I would like to do this. And I know a lot of people listening would like to do this at some point. So how much planning goes into it? Most people have a support crew. There are a few um, crazier, uh, you know, runners that, um, that, that do go unsupported. Uh, but for me, that support crew was, was really, really important. Yeah. So so you had like a camper van or? Yeah. So yeah. we would, uh, we, we rented an RV um, out for uh, th- three months back in 2017. Um Support crew were were phenomenal. Um, daughter, uh, father in law, and two other close friends that came in. So, so the, the support crew actually rotated. Um, the logistics involved and the planning, boy, uh, a good a good eighteen months. We had Is that so? Yeah, I had to raise a lot of a lot of money because it does take a, a lot of money to actually make it happen. Get some sponsorship in place, and the training required was uh, was pretty rigorous as well. Yeah, how do you train for something like that? And um, part two of this question, I guess, is like, what was your what was your target per day? Did you have a per day target or? Yeah, well, m- most runners um, when running across the states uh, tackle a route further north because of lower temperatures. Uh, route sixty six is actually quite quite south, so I knew I was going to be confronting thirty plus uh, degrees Celsius um, pretty much most days, um, particularly early on, and that was the case in California, Arizona, and New Mexico. So, what sort of training is required? Is it just like um, is it is it doing like big consecutive days, or is yeah, it something different? Yeah, it is. It, it, it for me, it involved anywhere between thirty and sixty to seventy kilometers, um, six days a week. So, I was putting in massive um, oh. um, case. But to, to come back to your original question, the target each day back in two thousand seventeen was around fifty to fifty five k. Unreal. Um, and if I look at the average, I averaged about fifty three. Ks a day over over the duration back in 2017 over the 81 days that I ran. Unbelievable! So, what was your goal originally back then? Like to, to do it in sub 100 days? Yeah, the yeah, that's a great question. The the answer is yes. I wanted to dip below the 100 days. 
but the day I got hit, that was that was day eighty one, um, and I've just finished it in the last part of the run in twenty one days with two days rest and nineteen days. So it took me just over 100, 102 days. Oh, well, that's not bad. So I'm deeply disappointed. Well, so, so, so you're running. You're running like um, over fifty kilometers. Uh, by the way, for anyone that's not big on their running, forty-two kilometers is your standard marathon. So, fifty k's is like doing an ultra marathon each day. So, is it just hard in the morning when you get started until your muscles warm up, or does your yeah. body progress? Does you progressively get more tired, or does the body adapt? Well, again, great question. If I, if I go back to 2017, the first you know kilometer, kilometer and a half was was always a little bit. Uh, was a little bit challenging in terms of warm up, but when I got into it, it after time it became became a huge drug, um, and to the extent that during the rest days, um, I got very very frustrated and, and 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 very agitated because because I wasn't running. Um, so the body certainly does mm. does adapt. Going back this time to finish it off was was a little bit different because my my body structurally is is uh, is a little bit different now. God, you must have seen some some crazy sights on the way. Like, yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to day eighty <laughs> later, but um, yeah, lots of lots of interesting uh, uh, wildlife. I think uh, one of the one of the special moments I remember uh, interacting with two coyotes in uh, you know in Arizona that were that were actually circling me. Um, part of Route sixty six, sorry, a big chunk of Route sixty six, uh, no longer exists. Um, Interstate 70 has actually been built over it. Now, it's illegal to run on an interstate in, in, in the U.S. for, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but there were times when I had to do it, um, and I was regularly stopped by, uh, by local state troopers to, to actually get off it. So you were sort of on a trail on the side of the road? or Well, it was a trail on the other side of a fence line, okay. but um, you needed trail shoes because it was essentially dried, dried mud. Um, but that was pretty cool. But it generated a lot of... Um, Blisters at the time. How like how far away was your support crew? Were they sort of like dr- like slowly cruising along with you, or would yeah. they drive to the next town? They would typically so uh, over a sort of 50, 55 k stage route each day. We'd work out um, a point after about uh, eighteen to twenty kilometers, where I'd typically refuel with uh, you know with breakfast, and then we'd work out another eighteen to twenty kilometers stop two, and then that final stop for. For, for the day, so it was broken down into yeah, right, three three right. stages, which is really good. Um, what sort of pace were you doing? Were you just not not like seven minute k's um, or back then? Yes, seven to seven and a half yeah, minute k's yeah. was was uh, was pretty much the pretty much the standard. Wow! So you're sort of running for like how many like a eight, eight, like a ten hour days sort of thing? Yeah, with I the think breaks? the 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 um, shortest day was around six and a half hours. Mm. Um, if I go back to my journal, the longest day, boy, uh, nine and a half hours. So wow. really, really long days. Um, fuel, because you're burning anywhere between five, seven, seven and a half thousand calories, uh, which which is huge. Um, so you're constantly in deficit, mm. but you need to give the body as much time as you can to recover. Yeah. But you're constantly in deficit. So what, what did like an average day look like? Give us a, like a snapshot. Yeah, uh, an average day would be waking up at around half past five um, in the morning, taking on a, on a big uh, a big protein shake, uh, a couple of bananas, uh, blueberries was very much part of my daily morning routine, plus avocado. Because um, you'd always be in calorie deficit, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And I was on, um, back in 2017, unlike this time, the return, I was on a um, keto diet uh, and I 
been on that keto diet for about about 12 to 15 months uh, prior. So I had to be really, really careful what I was fueling my, fueling my body with. But that will be the start of the day. And then uh, stop one after 18, 20K, oh, massive amounts of uh, eggs and um, sweet potato, uh, cheese, uh, again, avocado, you know, blueberries, coffee, black coffee, uh, coconut milk, coconut oil, olive oil on anything that I could eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really did work um, for my body at that time. Yeah. I, so, okay. So, yeah. So, you're eating like a bastard all day. Um, so, then, then, then so what time were you sort of finishing most days? Just uh, again, sort depending of on the it did vary depending on the elevation. Uh, I, I did get some big elevation in parts of parts of Arizona, but um, so waking up at, at five thirty on the road by no later than quarter past six. Um, I think the earliest would have been about two thirty. Mm-hmm. The latest I do remember at seven or eight p.m. Right, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Um, that was. A tough day, probably because of 12, 1,300 metre climbs. Yeah, and then what, what did the evenings look like? Were you just like crashing out straight away or were you doing fun stuff with your crew? Yeah, back in 2017, one of, one of the things that we um, got my father, father-in-law into was um, Breaking Bad. So that was a that <laughs> like, was an awesome. Oh, that was like um, yeah, Walter White's vehicle. Absolutely, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. In fact, it did. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he never watched it before, and it was really, really cool to sit down with him from from season one. I mean, I watched it many times, but it was awesome to go back to it. Were you still married at the time? Yes. Wow, what an understanding wife. Yeah, to, to let you to let, How did you get this this over the line? Well, um, I'm asking on behalf of <laughs> Sarah. Um, got it. Got got enrolled enrolled in, in you know the idea pretty pretty quickly, and uh, um, she really really helped with on the social. Greatly helped on the social media side. Mm. Uh, did uh, designed and implemented a you know a website for the run. Um, helped with sponsorship. It was just went on and on and on. So she she really really got behind me. That is so good. Um, you must have a good relationship with her father as well. If he's um, coming and joining you on this. Uh, yeah, he, he did have some back back issues, which I wasn't aware of uh, you know at, at the time. But uh, he was phenomenal. He yeah. took the responsibility for for, for driving the RV. And, mm. uh, did, a, did an awesome job. So, Dan, did, did you have a favourite place? In 2017, yeah. um, uh, did I have a favourite place? There were so many. Yeah, there yeah. were, yeah, there, you know, not just, not just one. I think part of the California desert, because of its tranquility, yeah. was really special. And Route 66, the, the, you know, the road is just it's dead straight. Um, and there's nothing else on it. You know, occasionally you might see an occasional car every half an hour, or a motorcycle, or a group of motorcyclists. Um, that that was that was that was pretty magical. Being out there on your own, and there's nobody else there. Yeah. That was that was special. Yeah, because when you hear Route 66, I, I don't know. You just imagine it being kind of busy. Yeah, I mean, parts of it yeah. were. Um, but you know, particularly early part of the morning and later on in the afternoon, there was so much tran- tranquility and, and and the color just just changed, and oh. the, you know the rattlesnakes on the road as well. <laughs> yeah, so where are the rattlesnakes? Like on the road or in the like yes. sand on the side of the road or what? Um, all over. Some were some were roadkill in the in the middle of the road, so they were, they they certainly weren't moving. Um, others were just on the side of the road. Others were just simply simply crossing, um, <laughs> and. Yeah, I could certainly recall on some occasions because Route 66 
part of it. You're just looking straight ahead and you're running straight ahead. You're not looking down. And I had a few, uh, a few close calls in terms of where I was stepping and uh, a few colourful words at the time. Well, what's the story with the rattlesnakes? Like, are they um, – do rattlesnakes – do they sort of seek out humans or no, do they only – No, understanding, you know, typically um, where, where there's noise around, just, they'll just move on. Right, But right. Uh, if they get agitated, certainly um, you, you don't want to be interacting with them. <laughs> you must have got a kick the first couple of times you saw them, just the novelty factor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, quite frightening. I, you know, well, frightening in the sense that my, my running pace increased. <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> yeah, what are these four-minute kilometres? Oh, it uh, must be the rattlesnake. <laughs> Okay, let's fast forward to day eighty-one. Day eighty-one. So, so where are you? I am about five, six uh, miles um, west of a small rural town in Ohio called West Jefferson, which is about thirty or so miles from the capital, Columbus. Right. So, so at this point, it's like eighty um, percent of the runs done. Yeah, eighty percent is done, and uh, I was actually one week ahead of schedule. Yeah. And I was thinking about starting to think that. I could actually finish this. Mm. In under 100 days. In under 100 days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, – so, When you're 80% of the way in, like, you, you, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I suppose you count from, – from halfway you're counting down rather than counting up, but uh, 80, right. 80%, it's almost job done. Yeah, yeah, that's right. At that point, you'd run uh, just over 2,500 miles, yeah. Yeah. So you're running the – stats starts like any other day. Yeah. You, you're uh, up, you're having olive oil, you're having your eggs. Yeah. Yeah, had had all of that. I uh, remember leaving the RV, um, caught in my journal, just a little bit later that morning, uh, around uh, around six thirty uh, on US forty because it come off uh, Route sixty six uh, several hundred kilometers before. Um, heading towards um, Columbus, dual carriageway, always run into the traffic for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yes. Nothing on the road at that time of the morning. Ten past quarter past eight. Uh, I was on a hands-free Skype call with Sarah and the girls who were on holiday and dark-coloured pickup truck on the outer lane of the dual carriageway, just one one vehicle on the road, nothing else, didn't think anything of it at all. And then the truck moved from the outer lane to the uh, to the inner lane, didn't think anything of that either. And then with 50, 60 uh, metres out, um, increased speed. Uh, came onto the hard shoulder where I was, and I, for a split second, I thought I'm going to I'm going to be hit, and I attempted to drum, jump a small small metal railing um, on the side of the of the road, and got my I remember getting my left foot up, uh, but I wasn't quick enough, and I got slammed on my right side at 100 k an hour, tossed. In, in the air, I remember that bit, and landing on my back in a ditch that wasn't visible from the road, which was a bit problematic because any cars <laughs> going high couldn't actually see me. So, so, so you said you were on a, on a, on a, a Skype phone call at the time. So wh- where was your phone? Did you manage yeah, it was to hang? In, it was, um, the phone was in my running pack. Right. And um, the good thing, of, well, positive thing about this, even though the, the phone was thrown from my pack, it was still working. Right. So, um the, the the real horrible thing is that Sarah and and Bella and Abby uh, heard my screams, um, but the positive is that I was st- still able to have a, a you know a, a conversation with um, you know with Sarah. Uh, she oh, so, the, oh, so the the call did not disconnect. No, 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 no. So she was able to alert 
uh, official state troopers um, and my support crew, and then there was a process of trying to find me. So you, so, so you were you were communicative through the, through the whole thing. You, you, you um, must have been so, in excruciating pain. Well, or do you think adrenaline kicked in on you? Well, that, that's interesting. Um, I, I didn't I didn't feel anything. I, I know it's a maybe the you know, the shock through through the body. Mm. Uh, I remember looking down and and obviously the um, uh, you know, my leg had, had snapped and I could see uh, you know open open bones uh, with a, with the um, open tip of fracture, um, but I didn't feel anything. Um, but I had no idea of the, what was going on with, with my pelvis that had had, uh, had been crushed and had rotated. So it had done essentially. I know you can't see this, mm. but it had done this. Uh, but I had no idea about that. You must have just been in shock, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah abs- absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I remember looking down and, and thinking, and <laughs> I mean, joking because that's part, just part of who I am. Joking, <laughs> thinking. Shit, my run's over. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It really was. Yeah. You've got absolutely no doubt in your mind, not one ounce of doubt that this was deliberate, like the, the driver swerved. No, 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 no question. What a piece from, of from, shit. From, from me, um, I mean, the driver didn't stop, but something that you learn about in hospital and subsequent investigation by, by authorities there, that part of rural Ohio has, has one of the highest um, opiate rates in the US, there may have been alcohol involved um, and a combination of drugs. I mean, I'm assuming that the the individual knew what they were doing. Mm. I don't know that. They yeah. might have no recollection of it whatsoever. Mm. But what I do know is that 100% certain with regard to the pickup truck on the outer lane at the very beginning, there wasn't any deviation or erratic driving. Mm. So I'm making the assumption that he yeah. or she knew. Unbelievable. So, okay, so, so Sarah um, gets on the phone, let, lets your support crew know and lets state, state troopers know. Then, yeah. um, Did she know exactly where you were or were you able to give no, her No, um, it was just through questioning. So uh, it was just through, uh, through a series of questions. And, and the critical question was, had I passed the local um, airfield? And the answer is no. So they were able to determine roughly the area that, that I was uh, that I was in. How how you did how you remained conscious and uh, able to communicate is uh, something of a miracle, I guess. Like, luckily, well, there was no head injury involved, I guess. Yeah, I did have a concussion, but fortunately, that was that was right. that was really minor. That, I mean, that's a good point. If I'd been hit head on. And okay, so um, so you're there, you're there for fifty minutes. Are you are you on the phone to Sarah the entire time? Yeah, until until the. Um, Phone died. Um, that was uh, after that. That was that was that was shit. Because um, I, I, it was a, a really dark, a really dark time, and I remember all I wanted to do was was sleep. Um, was that the concussion? I think it was the it was the whole trauma, yeah, and shock, okay. really kicking in with with the, with the body. Um, and I made that decision. I, I remember I made that decision. I'm going to sleep. Uh, but then I heard voices. And it was uh, medic first aid responders, state troopers, and uh, apparently a helicopter. You never felt like it was a matter of life and death. Were you dead at the time? Like, were you were you, were you sitting there thinking, "Fuck, I may not make it out of this alive"? Um, there, there, there was a moment when the phone died that I made the decision: I have to do something myself because nobody's coming. I mean, I didn't know that people were looking but for what, me. What but, could you do? Though? Well, I tried to crawl out. Uh, I was on my um, I was on my back 
uh, on a slope in a ditch, and I and I tried to crawl out, but I, uh, I I couldn't, and I couldn't work out why. But obviously, I know now is because of the state of my pelvis. Yeah. <sighs> so you're just unable to move. I was unable to move. When you heard those um, sirens or those voices, that must have been oh, one of the happiest moments of your life. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was pretty special. Um, and then airlifted to, um, by helicopter. The road had been closed at that point to a um, to Ohio State University Hospital, right. which became home. And then straight straight on the opiates, like everyone else in that town. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm glad I got off them quickly, though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, do you remember much about those first couple of days in the hospital? No. I, I if I go back to the helicopter ride, I just remember just flashing lights. Um, and the doctors and nurses, when I arrived at the hospital, told me that my language was really, really colourful, colourful. <laughs> um, and it wasn't directed at them; it was directed at the you know the person who hit me. Um, yeah, oh, but, and but well deserved. No, answer your question, no. Yeah, I, 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 I just slept, and really for the next six weeks, I slept eighteen, twenty-hour days. Mm. Was um, it just the drugs, or just your body trying to heal itself? I think comp- combination yeah. of uh, combination of both. Yeah, and then so how long are you in hospital there for? In uh, in Wexner, um, the brain and spine unit for two months, and then I had a third month in a rehabilitation hospital, which was attached to, to OSU, and then after that, about another month um, outpatient, um, and then had final permission, medical permission to fly, um, but I had to be accompanied by a by a nurse and flew back to the UAE where more surgery to address internal injuries. Right. Um, so it wasn't just pelvis and broken bones. There were a whole heap of other stuff. Did anyone remain with you in the States, or did your, did your daughter and your father-in-law yeah, and your support group, did they um, have to? Well, um, Pete, my father-in-law at the time, had, had, uh, he'd already already left because we had a sort of a change around in the support crew. So it was Emily, um, d- d- daughter that stayed, and um, – uh, Kieran, who was another member of the support crew, he stayed, and Sarah flew in from Cyprus with uh, Abigail, our youngest, who would have been um, just under 10 at the time. Um, Bella was still in the United Kingdom at, at, uh, at school. So complete, complete change around, and yeah. life changed, massively, massively life changed. Did I? How so? Family moved. Yeah. Uh, we rented a, um, a house just outside Columbus so I could carry on with rehabilitation. Right. Now, how many how many operations? How many surgeries? In that Sixteen. Time? Fuck. Sixteen. Yeah. Want twenty percent discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, That's U L T R O, and use the discount code DOM twenty. That'll save you around thirty five dollars. That's ultraaudio.com, U L T R O, and the discount code DOM twenty. Yeah. Why so many? Um, Did they just, just have to fix you scale. bit by bit? Or? Yeah, um, bit by bit. Uh, fragments of bone from my pelvis pierced my bowel. Um, and as a, that wasn't picked up immediately in hospital. So I developed a huge infection. Um, Sarah told me several months later that she needed to give permission to one of the surgeons to take off my right leg because of the infection, but the surgeon, God bless him, won that battle. Um, I still have it, which is good. So um, as a result of the infection, I lost a lot of tissue. So muscles, um, a muscle, the aggressive muscle, 
does bugger all in the left leg mm. had to be moved to protect my pelvis because of the tissue that was removed there. Yeah, geez, it makes you wonder how many how many fifty fifty calls there are and medical situations like that in regards to mo- removing the leg. Because here you are, you, you're running again. Yeah, I was told <laughs> the leg's good. Um, I was told that I probably wouldn't run. Um, yeah, were you? When were you but, told that? Uh, by a wonderful guy, um, the orthopedic um, surgeon, um, but he emphasised the word probably. He didn't say absolutely not. Or absolutely yeah. not. And that was the word I needed to hear because it really gave me the self belief that one day it might be possible. One yeah. day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, so you're, in, you're in hospital for months. You have um, operation after operation after operation. When do you get to return home? When does that happen? Uh, in January 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, I got hit on the 2nd of August 2017. Right. When do you decide, I'm, I'm going to go back and finish this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I made that decision as soon as I woke up after being hit. <laughs> um, we, we, stupidly, we, well, when you're 80% of the way done, like if you were maybe yeah. closer to California and just starting out, you'd be like, ah, forget about it. But it was job yeah. almost done. I, I, yeah, I know. And, and, and I say jokingly, this, <laughs> the self-belief was always there, but perhaps a little bit stupidly. Um, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a huge difference between self-belief and, and actually making it happen and mm. the work involved to, to actually get back just the basic walking, let alone running, was, was, was huge. Oh, the work involved in terms of like your rehab and things. Yeah. 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 It took, um, I mean, I attempted to give you an example. I, I attempted to start to, to, to run about 15 months after the, uh, the accident. And then I took, uh, two, three paces and, and I, I fell over and I was so angry and frustrated, frustrated with myself. But clearly, um, I knew that my, my body, my legs weren't, weren't strong enough mm. to do it. So I had to go right back to, to basics. Um, and that was going right back to working on my, on my core and strengthening my legs again in the, in the gym before I could even think about running. Um, and that's what I did. Wow. So, and then, um, and then um, the COVID-19 pandemic comes along. So when, when were you planning on going back? Was the lockdown and the, the pandemic a blessing in disguise because it gave you more time? It, it, the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. But the original plan was I was thinking about going back in uh, in May 2020. That was the plan right. um, to actually finish it. Um, but pulled the plug on it in March, spoke with the surgeons and hospital at OSU, and they said, forget it. Rate of COVID cases here is 
is is increasing at a rapid rate, and we all know what happened thereafter. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was a good decision. So it gave me gave me more time, um, and I was still living at the UAE at the time. Um, so coming back to Wellington in late 2020 gave me the opportunity to put a lot more hill work in, which I, which was fantastic because Pennsylvania was bloody hilly. <laughs> okay, so so you go you go back. This is just kind of recently. Um, when did you go back to the states? Yeah, I left on the twenty seventh of May. Mm-hmm. Um, arrived on the twenty eighth. Had one day in between to sort out food and, and logistics. I started running again. So day eighty one continued mm-hmm. on the thirtieth of May. What what was that like getting back there? Because you um you picked it up exactly where where it was you know cut short yeah. with that accident last time was it a how did it feel was it a i don't know was it like a cathartic sort of experience or yeah it, it it was i mean a lot of people have asked you know why go back to the exact spot that you that you were hit um some people have said well, why don't you go back to the very beginning of santa monica pier um, i thought so then why don't you go back yeah. to the beginning <laughs> the answer is no um not a chance it, it, just, it was more symbolic um yeah. it's quite poignant in a way yeah I, 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 I I didn't have any emotion on on day one running past the ditch, um, and there's a reason for that is that I went back to it the day before, the night before, with um, Jim Wheeler and uh, sort of Jim McCord and Paul Wheeler, uh, my they? support crew, right. uh, who have run across America yeah. themselves, um, awesome awesome individuals, um, and had my peace with the rail and the ditch. Um, and really to forgive the person who who hit me. Um, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, there's still a little bit of You're a bigger man than me. I, yeah, I, 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 needed to, I needed to find find peace with it. Um, and, and, I, and, and I have now, which is good. Well, I mean, you, you just – it's no good being angry forever, is it? You know, no, I, was I angry? Hell yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. For, for years. Um, but it was also very destructive to to my mental health. Mm. Um, so post traumatic stress disorder, which I was in complete denial about for for a year, that was wrong. Um, that led to depression. You, you, what, yeah, what does what does um, PTSD look like for me? Uh, and it's quite quite common with this type of tra- trauma. It was, it was complete withdrawal, um, and sadly, was withdrawing from people. Who love me the most, namely, you know, my, my daughters and, and my wife. Um, my body was—I mean, I've learnt about this subsequently. My, but my body was constantly, um, you know, fighting uh, uh, working through the healing healing process. Mm. So I found that at the end of each day, I didn't have any bandwidth to, you know, to, to connect yeah. with people, and um, I, I really, really struggle with that. So seeking out professional help, uh, but that for me that was twelve months on, and, yeah. and that was that was too late. How how were they? Were they I mean, you know, the family's still together now. Still, I know. I mean, um, sadly, Sarah and I have, uh, oh. are no longer are no longer together, and um, you know, I deeply deeply regret that, um, but respect the you know, decision that, that she's made. Still love it a bit, mm. um, having the support of Bella and and and, uh, and Abby uh, has has been instrumental in me wanting to go back and 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 finish it, um, mm. and that's been that's been fantastic. Yeah, 
Yeah, do, you, do you think the um, the marriage breakdown, uh, if the accident had not have happened, do you think you'd still be married? Do you think that accident and That's the subsequent a, fallout well, played a part? I, I, in that? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like, I, I would yeah. love to think that would that will be the case. Yeah. Uh, the reality is, I, I, is I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a thing to go through! And then, um, so the PTSD that um, that led to de- depression. You'd never ha- had any previous mental health troubles before this. No, um, yeah. uh, certainly not to the same uh, you yeah. know, scale or you know depth of you know, as this one. Um, so, how how old were you at this point? What's your age? Uh, I'm fifty seven now. At the time I started the run, I was fifty three. Right, so you're in, yeah. you're in, so you're in your mid fifties, and you're dealing with um, mental health issues for the first time in your life. At, at that age, I, I suppose you feel like you're one of the lucky ones that you, you you've got through unscathed. It's the same with visiting uh, yeah. you know, visiting hospital. I just visited hospital as a as a guest. I've never been in hospital until. <laughs> oh, you made up for lost time. But I made, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How true that is. Yeah, but you're right now. You're good yeah. mentally. You're in a good space. I, I I am yeah yeah I, I feel I feel really really positive uh, you know about that um, and I think I think part of it as well is is, uh, is is actually going back to church that's been a huge part of you know part of my life um, that I that I dropped for a very very long time um, that's that's been extremely extremely helpful in yeah putting me putting me back on track and being surrounded by People who, who um, show empathy and, and 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 love me for who I am, and and not and not judging. Mm. That's been uh, yeah, massive. It's been amazing. Yeah, amazing. Oh, that's cool. Well, you, you, I mean, you bring into your life the the, the people that you deserve. I think, don't you? Y- y- you do, mm. and and you certainly know the value, boy. You certainly know the value of uh, a, f- a friendship mm. um, and kindness. Uh, one of the biggest learnings for me is is is, is actually being able to accept the, the kindness of uh, you know of strangers, uh, whereas in the past I would have um, blocked that kindness out. Would you? Why? I think I think in, in, a, in a lot of cases for me, um, and maybe people can relate to this. You have this expectation that that something has to be given back in return, um, but that's not the case. That, mm. you know, that is not the case. Um, and if I go back to the the doctors and nurses and physiotherapists that have that ran with me, they ran with me on that first day, you know, three 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 four miles. That 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 was magical, and you know, the, the, being able to say thank you to everybody at the same time at the same location, you know, that was that was. Very, very emotional. Yeah, there's something really special about that, eh? Just that whole sort of um, full, full circle thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so some of the medical stuff who I'm guessing um, you were on a first-name basis with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a time there, you probably yeah. saw more of them than what their, their family <laughs> saw of them. Um, that yeah. must have been really special. It was. Yeah. It, it was. And, uh, you know, when I go back again, um, not not to go to the hospital, I, you know, obviously catch up with them uh, over a beer and a, a, and a meal, which will be, which will be lovely. Mm. So, so you, you you pick up where you left off, um, and how many k's are you running a day? Is it the same sort of thing as what you're doing, like fifty yeah, well, k? Well, the the objective was to uh, to cover forty miles a day. Um, I realised very very early on that my body, uh, largely because of the hardware and the uh, lack of dorsal reflection movement in my in my right side, um, 
I wasn't able to sustain that. So come back to your question, I was averaging between 31 and 35 miles a day. <laughs> Lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's still <laughs> tremendous miles. So 50, 50, anywhere between 53 and 58k a day. Crazy. And when, what's that moment like where you um, – so, so you, you end in Coney Island, which is part of New York. So I'm guessing when, when you get to New York, it gets exciting, but I'm, I'm guessing there's still a lot of real estate to cover from when you arrive in New York to get to the finish line at the coast of Coney Yeah, Island. It's, it's damn big. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I could, see, I could see the New York skyline uh, from where we were that, that, the very, very last day. We left wow. the RV. I could see it. And then we had about five miles to get to before we crossed the George Washington Bridge. And that's a mile long. Um, so you, you cross the, over the Hudson, and then we joined a bike and, and running track all the way down to lower Manhattan, um, eventually crossed the Brooklyn Bridge into Brooklyn, and then another, uh, what, six or seven miles down to um, Coney Island. Oh, my God. What was that last day like? The, la- the last uh, day must have been. Well, Paul, uh, Paul Wheeler, one of my support crew, was running with me. It was the second fastest day in terms of pace. I don't know where it came from. I mean, it came from me. I was just running on adrenaline. I, I couldn't believe what, what, you know, what, we, were, what we were doing. Um, but to see the magic of that New York skyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first, first time in New York. I'd never been. Oh, was that so? Yes, it was really special oh, for me. Yeah, yeah. The plan had been 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never. Better late than never. Um, okay, so you, you get to Coney Island. Um, th- th- then what? Is that like a is, – is, is it what you imagined it would be, that moment when you finish? Yeah, the, the, yeah Coney Island is famous for its uh, hot, dogs. Know, hot dogs. Shitty little uh, hot dogs. And we were, we were greeted by uh, Anna Burns Francis from, from TV1, and uh, she, she bought uh, 10 – Ten hot dogs, for, not just for me, but for the as well. Although I inhaled two, um, so that was really nice. And uh, took my shoes and socks off and uh, dipped my feet, my white feet, because I hadn't seen sun in a while um, in the Atlantic um, Ocean. And that that was that was pretty special. Yeah, how good. But I was, um, you know, if the, if the sea hadn't been there, I would have carried on running. You know, my, my body had just. Adapted. Well, it just adapted and it just wanted to keep going. So it was really sad that it was it was finished. Was it? Yeah. It was really sad. In a way, like um like almost like a, a post when you have a big goal and then you achieve it and you have like almost like a drop off, like a almost like yeah. a like a mini sort of depression or blues after that. Is yeah, that- it's um it's something that uh, you know, Jim and, and uh Paul have t- have talked about in their own personal lives when they re- finished their respective runs, some of the um depression, um, you know, issues that, that both of them have, have confronted. And, and if you read all, all of the chapters in a wonderful book called Across America on Foot that was published in 2019, there's 27 chapters of, of written by uh, runners and walkers who have, have, uh, have crossed the United States of America. They talk about the same thing as well. So mm. you're absolutely right. Just, just like an emptiness. Yeah. yeah. Um, this must be an, an awful, awful, awful question, but, you know, you, you sort of – you know, you've, you've done this yourself. Um, what's next? Because <laughs> I, I suppose you do something like this and then people think, oh, what crazy thing are you going to do next? As, a, as if you, you know, what you've done is phenomenal. It's amazing. Um, but, but there's this expectation now that you're going to do something else to sort of top it or is there anything else you want to do? Yeah, I don't think, I don't really think I'll really, really top this. I don't think you want to be hit again. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking time to, you know, reflect and, and, and 
process and doing some writing. I want to write a book, you know, about it, which which I think would be pretty cool. Um, but to come back to your question, Perth to Sydney is 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 fascinating. You know, that's a good three oh, thousand k. That sounds so uh, boring. It would just be desert the whole way. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Okay. I was gonna. Um, my my old boss was an Australian guy, and I I, I said to him um, one day, I said, "Oh, for my next holiday, I'm thinking about doing that that train trip. I think it's called the Garn or something. It goes from Perth to Sydney." He was like, "Oh, mate, you know what's in the middle of Australia? Fucking nothing. Just fly." <laughs> He's probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's one possibility. Um, Paul, Paul, and I of uh, Paul Wetter and I, we've we've talked about you know may, maybe, uh, which is just nuts because this is twice the distance of running across America, but running from Alaska down to Florida, that would uh, that would be pretty special. Wow, so that would be Alaska, Canada, uh, and obviously. Through, through the states. Oh, insane. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, life's Getting good. older. Life's good, though, isn't it? It's good to have these adventures and things yeah, that you can plan it, and look forward to. Yeah, you know, absolutely, and the, and the connections that you make along the way, um, you know, particularly with, with like-minded uh, you know, individuals. That's, yeah. It's pretty special. Oh, it's a great community, isn't it? Oh, f- Fantastic! Mm, yeah, fantastic. I, I, I say to people like one of the reasons I got I got into running is um I like the um the individual individuality of it and the the fact that you could put on your shoes, run from home any time, day or night, and get it done. But um so it was never a sport I got into for the community aspect of it. But the, if if you if that's what you're into and you let them in and you embrace it, it's there and it's massive. Yeah, it's very yeah, absolutely. It's very, it's very very powerful. It's a cool tribe. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, before we wrap up, we'll just talk about some of the other, a couple of the other events you've done. Um, you've, you've done the Comrades Run, uh, which is the the world's yeah. biggest and I want to say oldest ultra event. It may well be. I, yeah. think, I think you're right. Yeah. This, this is probably number one on my bucket list of events I want to do. So I, 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 part, part of me is um, jealous that you've, that you've done it, <laughs> but I, it means I get to pick your brains about it. So um, describe the Comrades for anyone that doesn't know what it is. Yeah, I did it with with two two awesome guys that I used to work with in the in the Middle East, um, uh, Mitch and, uh, and and another Paul. Uh, we did it in in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, it was the downward leg. Next uh, yeah, one year it goes down, and the next, and year, next it's year the same. same that, event that's right. Up. Which we thought would be easier. Um, and it's how far ninety? Wrong. It's not yeah ninety k, and okay. you've got a twelve uh, twelve hour time limit although there are some time points that you have to meet along the way but uh i i can recall uh, we came in at uh, 11 hours 11 hours 50 minutes so we were in by, by, by about 10 minutes but what was amazing what did you get hit by a car or something on the way <laughs> <laughs> no i got a few stories though <laughs> um but i but i can recall at the finishing line people were so close with seconds to go that um uh People in the in the crowd, family, loved ones were in, in the crowd had got got out and were literally throwing. Uh, people were running across the line so so they could actually finish within the within the twelve hours. Yeah, is, is it true about the cutoff thing? Yeah. So the, so the race marshal stands there with, with a gun with his back to the runners and absolutely. I mean, if you you're not there. You're, you're there. Absolutely what? right. That's that's what we saw. That's brutal. That's what. Yeah, that's part of yeah. the brilliance of the event. It is. And how, how many – it's massive, right? Massive event, mass participation event. How many yeah, thousands? I, I think, uh, boy, um, if I go back, 30,000, 40,000. Yeah. Think back, even that was back in 2013. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, I want to do that so bad. And uh, the, the other one is um, the, the Morocco one. What is that? Uh, Marathon yeah, de, de Sable? Ma- Marathon de Sable. In, yeah. uh, so this is a stage event. 
Yes, um, spread over uh, six days from from memory. Uh, you're running five of those days as a there's a a wicked um, overnight stage. So, Marathon de Sable is in the Sahara Desert in, in part of part of Morocco. Uh, as far as sand is concerned, you're running up uh, up and down the highest sand dunes in in Morocco. That's day one. Um, so, that does so day, day, how, how many k's on day one? Uh, that was the lightest day, uh, day one. I think it was around 40, 41, maybe, maybe 42. Uh, and the rest is um, hard rock. Uh, so, so 40 k's on sand, that, does that feel like a standard marathon or does it feel like, like double the distance? It, it definitely feels uh, like double the distance right. from, from memory, largely because you, you can't run it. You, you, you have to you know, take really um, long, deep, deep strides. Because um, typically, you know, one stride forward, you're taking two two strides back, just because of the, because of the sand dunes that, mm. you, that you're confronting. But the scenery is oh, absolutely amazing, that, and the changing colour throughout the day is amazing. Yeah, what do you mean scenery? Because all, all I can imagine is um, sand, as far as the well, eye can no, see. You know, you're absolutely right. But just the <laughs> just the just the shadows of, right. of uh, um, and how that how that uh, colour changes over time. Yeah, actually, I'm just um, glancing over at the moment to some um, photo boards you've got in your office, and um, yeah, it does look spectacular. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Right. So, so day one, forty k's on sand and up sand dunes and stuff. Then um, day two. Yeah, the details. I know. Uh, typically, we're around forty-five right. to, to to fifty, but then the overnight stage, which is brutal, uh, was certainly brutal for me. Um, is around uh, that was around seventy to eighty k. Um, like many runners, and this applied to me, I did experience hallucinations. Um, I can remember turning a <laughs> turning a corner and seeing these lights in, in, at the end. I mean, it was the finish, and I thought, "Oh, fantastic! It's about two kilometers away." No, it's twenty kilometers away. <laughs> um, I can recall running uh, at night down a dry riverbed and i swear to you i saw kids on their bicycles and elephants in the in the river um wow and it, you, you, you were convinced that it was legit Ab- absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely and uh yeah i yeah um p- pissing blood as well that wasn't good so mm. that, that but fortunately that was the that was the last uh, yeah, hallucin- hallucinations and um, and urinating blood. I mean, a lot of people will be listening to this going, it's yeah. not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but then the good the thing is the next day was a rest day, but right. there was just a 145K stage the, the final day. Yeah. Uh, and then it was all over. But um, so, so everyone in this event um, stays together in, in tents at nighttime. Uh, is it a good vibe? Good, yeah, good community it's a, vibe? It's a magical vibe, uh, except – if you know, on sad occasions you might lose one or two people from each tent because they haven't met the the cutoff times for the day, so if you don't meet them, sadly they um, they actually take you out. You're asked to leave the tent and and uh, they 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 they, they, wow. they bust you out. Um, don't even get to hang out with your mates. No, um, we lost uh, we lost one in our tent out of eight, so we we, we maintain that seven throughout. But, right, but the attrition rate is. Uh, Overall, is brutal. Like on those sand stages, how do you how do you avoid getting um, sand sand in between your toes, sand underneath the socks? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a huge believer in in, uh, in toe socks, and of course, in that part of the, that those extreme um, conditions, you're wearing um, gaiters, right? So that just do they work? They do the they, job. They they do if 
they're if they're sized correctly and they're fitted correctly. If they're not, you've got problems from mm. the start. Uh, but they do work. Yeah, because on this um, photo board that I referenced just a couple of minutes ago, there's um, there's a photo of your toe with a blister. What caused that? Uh, by the way, that's, <laughs> that, it's it's a lovely photo board you've got, but that photo was completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's pretty bad, <laughs> eh? Um, yeah, yeah, it's I, a gnarly-looking blister. It, it is, and I, and I can certainly remember popping it. Uh, God, which, that must have been satisfying. It, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it was. So I can remember going into the medical tent and seeing all these other runners just popping blister after blister after blister and then treating it with iodine and... Just wrapping it up and toe socks back on and away you go. Um, it just it just became the norm. And mm. losing a couple of toenails as well that that was normal. That's well, a badge, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So where did where did the running start for you? Uh, it would have started probably at, in during my varsity days. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, so you're a lifer. You've been yeah, doing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but but shorter distances. I mean, you know, ten, twenty k's, the occasional half marathon. And it wasn't. It was not until my early thirties that I started uh, marathons, um, particularly the London one, which I've done many, many times. And then it just got longer and longer and, and longer. I I want to use the phrase midlife crisis. Yeah, I've sort of Fear? I've sort of gone beyond midlife yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, no, no. It, it does seem like a natural f- progression for a, a lot of us runners. It's like you 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 achieve what you want with a marathon or whatever, and then you get you get a bit slower as you get older, so you just want to go longer. Seems well, like a natural. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you know, my pace was 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 very very good, um, but as a result of the accident, I I can't do that anymore. Yeah, um, but I can continue to run longer. Mm. For some strange reason. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's one of those one of those things. It's um, it gives you goals to set as you get older. Like your times are naturally going to get progressively yeah. slower as your age, but that doesn't mean it, that doesn't mean the distances have to get shorter. That's right, and and those times become less important. They don't matter. They don't. It's arbitrary. Eh? Absolutely arbitrary. I, I set a, set a goal to run a sub three hour marathon, and I, I tried time after time after time, and it got to the point I didn't think I was going to do it, and I ended up um, doing one in Tokyo a few years ago, two hours 57. Fantastic. One, one and done, and then after that I thought, could I go quicker? And the answer I came to in my head was, like, probably yes, like it, but I knew how much work went into running a 257, and I thought for the extra work required to run, I don't know, 255, 254, would it bring me that much satisfaction? And the yeah. answer I came to was no. Yeah. Well, that's a fantastic no, that's, time, phenomenal time. Yeah, thanks. I think I'm one and done on the yeah. subject. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, that's not like running, running fast or doing good times, which means something to me, but nobody else at all. That's not where my love of running comes from. Yeah. I, I I connect with what you said. I get it. Yeah, I yeah. Get it. Hey, well, it's been wonderful to sit down with you today. Thank you, and Dom. Thank you. Th- thank you so much, Nick, for sharing your experiences. What a trip. And what a ride you've been through! Um, I'm sitting in your office. You're you're a marketing guy, like a marketing yeah. marketing professor. And in, in some dark way, when you were sitting in a hospital, were you like, "Oh, this puts a good twist on the story from a marketing perspective"? Yeah, I, yeah not, not on the hospital bed, but a little bit later, yeah, that did come to mind. <laughs> this is going to make the book that much better. Yeah, in some sick, twisted, macabre yeah. way. Yeah, well, the, the the narrative has definitely changed. Um, and I, you know, I, could, I, I mean, joking aside, I can remember back in seventeen with getting sponsorship. It was tough. Yeah, but yeah. You know, when you say you've been hit by a truck, um, and you're going time, back to finish people it, people will say, "How can I help?" Yeah, 
it does make a difference. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, would, do you would you wish to acknowledge any of those sponsors? Um, oh, or, or boy, I, would, to mention? I, I would. Um, you... No, they're, they're the real corset um, uh, shoe clinic um, here in here in Wellington. Uh, the owner Hamish, um, and that's through Hoka um, Onaone, um, particularly the Clifton Eights that I've been wearing for for a long time. Oh, you're a hooker guy, are you? I am, yes. Oh, likewise. Big yes. fan, big fan. Yeah, Never going to win any beauty pageants as far as shoes go. No, no, but, um, but very, great, very good. Great support. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Tailwind uh, Nutrition um, New Zealand uh, with, uh, with, with Mark Drew and Tailwind Nutrition in the US were, were phenomenal. And a local Kiwi uh, brand in terms of nutritional snacks called uh, Tom and Luke. Which are based here, just on the outskirts of, of Wellington. Oh, I've seen them around. I've never had yeah, them though. They're in the shops. What are they like? Bars. They're, um, I, I munched on hundreds and hundreds of their snackables, uh, their strawberry and chocolate, and their, and their peanut peanut butter ones. Just just awesome. Hundreds of them um, munching throughout the, throughout the day. So they they'll be the three the three big sponsors. Yeah, well, thanks for acknowledging them because it's um it's really good when you hear about businesses um you know supporting someone that's going to go out there and uh, yeah give something courageous a crack. Yeah. All right, Nick Hashel, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dom. Appreciate Pleasure. it, man. And um uh, maybe maybe you'll do nothing nothing of interest beyond this. But and if not, that's that's fine because what you've done is bloody incredible. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks very much for making it all the way through another episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. This week, Nick Ashill. As I do every week, um, just a reminder, if you haven't already, um, please drop us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast from. Five stars would be ideal. If it's less than that and you're being honest, then that's cool as well. Whatever. Thank you very much to everyone who's left a um, review, if your platform allows it. I know Spotify doesn't, but Apple does. I read these and I really appreciate them. Like, um, here's a couple that came through during the week. Every guest has been authentic and really interesting to listen to. Honestly resisted listening to podcasts since forever, but I can't get enough of this one. It's Kiwi as and tackles hot topics. Thanks so much. And here's another one that we got during the week. I've just started listening to this podcast as I have a two-hour return commute to work twice a week. This is the only podcast I've listened to and I'm loving it. I have quite a few to catch up, but always like to see who's coming up next. Keep up the great work, Dom. L- listen, I, um, I can't tell you how much these reviews, I'm being sincere here, mean to me. Um, a lot of work goes into this. We're only eight months in, but the, the feedback's good, the stats are good, and I know it's only a matter of time before we get some really good sponsors on board, which will allow us to grow this thing, get some staff, get some real good video content happening, and um, just take this thing to the next level. Um, it's wonderful to have you guys along for the journey. I appreciate the support. Get hold of me anytime you want, domharveynz at gmail.com or domharveynz on Instagram. All right, stay safe. Hope to see you next week on Runners Only. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.